We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, Vince, we've come to the point in the show where we say it's time for rapid fire. There's some good ones in there tonight, man. <laughs> All right. Yeah, I mean, we loaded it up. We loaded it up with, with in rapid fire tonight, starting with this one, fully loaded. We've seen the video. I'm sure everyone has seen the video at this point. Tommy already. Reese. Uh, <laughs> that's right. Tommy Reese yelling, do your effing job at Drew Pine <laughs> in Saturday's win over Cal. And I, you know, we should say this is a podcast, so we could actually say the word and it's not like you or I are ever shy about, you know, saying that <laughs> if, if we decide we're going to say it, but you know, we, we consider this a family show. So yeah. do you have a problem with Tommy Reese yelling, do your effing job at Drew Pine over the phone during the game caught on NBC's cameras? Uh, zero. I, I have zero problem with it. I had zero problem with it at the time. Because he was playing terribly. And I thought that the first couple of series, they were probably patting him on the back and patting him on the butt and saying, hey, we got to get going. We got to get going. That wasn't working. And so he laid into him. He absolutely laid into him. And I, I look, you have coached. I've coached. We've been coached, right? I've had a lot worse things said to me as a player. And I've probably said decently worse things to people as a coach. Never <laughs> like at them as, a, as an insult. But I've definitely dropped some F-bombs. But do I look back on it and say that's probably not a great idea? Yes. But at the same time, I've done it. You're trying to light a fire under this kid. And it worked. Didn't work right away because he fumbled the snap. And then Marcus right. Reed got here and started yelling at him. Right. And then, you know, hindsight being 2020, you hear him talk about it in the post game, And it was like, okay, this is how he wants to be coached. And it worked. So, I had no problem with it in the moment before I knew he was going to pick it up. And then the fact that he did pick it up, I absolutely had no problem with it. So there's a movie called Along Came Polly. I don't know if you've seen this. It's actually like 18 years old. I looked uh, I looked it up today. But I was thinking uh, about this. Here's, here's what came... <laughs> to mine to me now you're gonna have to bear with me here for so so ben stiller is the star of the movie along came Polly. jennifer aniston's in it you know maybe you've seen it ben stiller gets married to deborah messing they go to some island 
and Hank Azaria shows up and Deborah Messing cheats on, you know, on the honeymoon. And so Ben Stiller goes back to New York. He meets Jennifer Aniston, whatever. Well, Philip Seymour Hoffman is Ben Stiller's best friend. This is more to the point of what I'm talking about here. So there's a scene in this movie where they're out playing basketball and it is hilarious. And Philip Seymour Hoffman thinks he's like the best basketball player in the world. And like every time he he takes a shot, he's like, make it rain. <laughs> and, you know, but he bricks every shot that he he's puts right. up. He's that's right. He's right. Make it rain. And he's bricking every shot that he throws up there. That was Drew Pine in the first half against <laughs> Cal Saturday. He's yelling, make it rain. But he's bricking all of his layups out there. And so Tommy Reese is sitting there up in the press box, helpless, and he's watching Make It Rain brick all of his layups out there on the field, and he has just had enough of it. And so, you know, he's he's been the ultimate fall guy for virtually everything yeah. through yes. the first two games of the season for what went wrong, you know, and then he loses Tyler Buckner. So he puts together a game plan that's very Drew Pine friendly, yes. and the layups were there for Drew Pine and Tommy Reese was just done with it. And for, you know, Freeman said after the game, they were trying the good cop stuff with Drew Pine first, you know, they didn't go yeah. straight to Tommy Reese yelling at, at Drew Pine, you know, they were trying, you know, to be the good cop, pat him on the back, say all the right. positive reinforcement, yeah, trying to get him somebody. going that way. Yeah. And it wasn't working. And so, you know, again, Tommy Reese has had enough. He picks up that phone and he's do your effing job. And, you know, again, like you said, Vince, you've coached, you know how frustrating it is when players, you know, you ask them to do simple things that yes. you've practiced over and over and over again. And that's the stuff that they're making mistakes on. And that is the stuff that is going to get under the skin. The quickest of a coach is these simple things that you've done over and over and over. And I think that's where Tommy Reese was. Yes. <laughs> you know? I get it, man. I totally get it because it's like, you know, you can do all these amazing things, but you can't do little things. It's like, you're killing me right now. I mean, they, if he hits those layups at the beginning, the game is not close. The game's not close. Notre Dame goes down and score. I mean, they had five offensive possessions before they even scored anything. And by the way, Cal wasn't exactly lighting up the scoreboard in the meantime. Right. I remember right. having a discussion with one of our colleagues at halftime. It's like, okay, well, whoever wins this game is going to be whoever plays less worse offense, you know? And and that's how I felt at halftime. I mean, it was terrible to watch. And so if Notre Dame would have, if, and Drew Pine specifically, if they would have capitalized on some of those layups, it would have been a blowout. It would have been yes. an absolute blowout. Yes. But here, there we were praying that a Hail Mary <laughs> wasn't going to land on the last play of the game. I know, and I don't know when I first saw that video. I don't remember, like, I can't remember if I actually saw, I think it was maybe later in the game that all this stuff started, you know, that I saw it anyway on social media. Of course, it starts blowing up. And I get it, you know, like, people don't like the language or whatever. But I guess what I would say to that, you know, one, you know, it, it wasn't, you stupid effing bleep bleep, right. or, you know, he, he wasn't directing it at him. He was using right. it basically like a descriptive adjective, yes. <laughs> you know? Yeah, exactly. It's like, <laughs> do your effing job. You know, it wasn't you effing, you know, whatever, you know, do your, you know, it, so it wasn't that in like, you know, let's, let's be real. Like, you know, again, if you're going to clutch your pearls because somebody used an F bomb, 
Walk down the high, walk down the hallways of any high school in America right now, and hey, just sign in. Say you're here to see because, because again, I'll, you've been there. You've been there. I'll right? walk you down the halls, and you'll see. That's exactly right. Let's hear from Drew Pine himself because, of course, it came up at the press conference afterwards. Drew Pine came out after his first career start, his uh, you know first career victory, and he was asked about the tough love that he got. From Tommy Reese, and here is what Drew Pine had to say. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah, you know, I, you know, Coach Reese. I always, you know, I tell him to be hard on me. I texted him this Sunday, and I said, I want you to be very hard on me in practice. I'm going to treat practice like a game, and I want you to as well. And you know, that's the standard he holds me to, and that's what you know I ask for, and I respond well to hard coaching. And because you know, Coach Reese, I've known him for seven, eight years, and he just wants me to be at my best. And you know, I prepared so hard and. You know, to come out, you know, a little slow is, you know, he doesn't, that's not the standard he holds me to, and that's not the standard I hold myself to. And, you know, just coming out and finishing is, is uh, and never giving up and coming back. And the second half was, uh, you know, what he holds, the standard he holds me to. And, uh, you know, we have a great relationship, and I'm very happy that he's my coach. And, uh, you know, he's going to keep coaching me that way, and I'm going to keep responding that way. And, uh, you know, that's how our relationship is. There you go. Drew Pine saying, uh, you know, he's he's glad that Tommy Reese held him to the standard that he did. And if you couldn't hear that, I think it got kind of clipped there at the front. He had seen the video oh, <laughs> in, wow. in the time in like the half an hour after the game ended before he came in the press conference. He had seen the video himself. Drew Pine. That's funny. That's funny. I'm sure I'm sure people texted it to him as soon as they saw it. And it was probably sitting there on his phone when he got back into the locker room and he probably got a good laugh out of it, to be honest with you, because yeah. I would have, I mean, and again, you know, again, do I have a problem with it? Zero problem with it. I guess if there was any blame to lay down, it'd be on NBC. Like, what do you think Reese is telling him in that moment? Well, yeah, Cause, cause they were joking at first. Cause like before they showed that they had showed Drew Pine on the field, like, listening on the phone right. and you could see kind of look on his face yeah. <laughs> and i think i think collinsworth said something like oh, i'd like to see you know the other end of that conversation and so they cut to the other end of the conversation yeah and that's yeah. what you got we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. And, you know, I mean, it is what it is. They have a camera up there. Tommy Reese knows there's a camera up there. I mean, yeah. he's just coaching, and I have no problem with that whatsoever. I, I would say for the people that are offended by it or whatever, 
Well, and then that's on NBC. I have no problem with that being the coach relationship. And that's the other thing. He knows Drew Pine has been in the program. He's a junior. And and Tommy Reese has been his coach the entire way. They know each other really, really, really well. And somebody, you know, somebody said he's the poor man's uh, Ian Book. Maybe he's a poor man's Tommy Reese, to be honest with you. I think there's more similarities to Tommy Reese than there are to Ian Book. I, Drew Pine may be a little bit more mobile. But other than that, I think they're very, very similar. So I'm sure that they know how to talk to each other to get each other motivated. Right. Right. Exactly. So what do you think Marcus Freeman's first win will be remembered for, Vince? Oh, my gosh. It Honestly, I hate to say it, but it might be what we're just talking about. It might be the Tommy <laughs> Reese screaming at Drew Pine situation. It might be. Like, I mean, 10 years from now, was. oh, yeah, that was the dude, you know, like, the that was the one where Tommy Reese was screaming at Drew Pine. Yeah. I mean, either that or the, the green jerseys. I mean, those are the only two things that really stick out from that game, if I'm being honest. So... I think it might be the Tommy Reese Drew Pine conversation that they had. I think that's what I'm going to remember the most. That's that because I don't remember the first Brian Kelly win. If I'm being honest, uh, I don't either. And but, and that's kind of what that was kind of my initial thought, basically along those lines. You know, I think probably ten years down the line, we'll probably even forget this, and it'll just probably. be, oh yeah, Marcus Freeman beat Cal in his first game. <laughs> right. You know, he finally. Got I know his I was at win. Brian Kelly's first win. I know I was. I was there. too. But I was too, and I have no idea what it was. Like if you, yeah. if you ask me who it was against or any of that stuff, I would not remember. Yeah, so then maybe this will help me remember it or help me, you know, have it stick out. I don't know. <laughs> that's but that's... right. You're right, though. We <laughs> need some T-shirts. <laughs> we need, you know, there's nil. You know, like right. maybe Drew Pine, you know, needs a a picture of himself. You know, <laughs> in that that sideline shot, holding the phone, and then you know, like thought bubble or whatever. Do your effing job. Over. <laughs> Over the top of him. <laughs> Cash in. You might as well. That's right. Might as well. He can split it with Tommy Reese. The two of them can, you know, go out to dinner together. Yep. <laughs> so J- J.D. Bertrand's going to have to miss the first half of the game against North Carolina this week because he gets thrown out for targeting. Scale of 1 to 10, how stupid was it? Oh, 12, 15, 27. I mean, that that, that was such a boneheaded play because not only – it would have been less boneheaded – if the ball was actually catchable and was anywhere near the receiver, then you're trying to jar the ball loose or whatever. And then you're like, okay, whatever. The ball was nowhere near the intended receiver. And he just lays this kid out completely unnecessary. And if he, obviously if he doesn't do it, the game is over from the interception and you get your first takeaway and all of these different things. It was just, it was so stupid. It was so stupid. And I like JD. I do. I do. That was just such a boneheaded play. But I will say, based on the way the linebackers are playing, maybe him not being in the game the first half gives somebody else an opportunity to step up. And you can see Who what those guys can do. I mean, I, I just such a boneheaded play. I'll be curious to see what they do with the linebackers. And Jesse and I are going to kind of get into the linebackers yeah, more specifically on tomorrow's show and and you know, there's there's I, I have some different thoughts i've been pretty disappointed with this unit overall yeah. that i thought was going to be a really good unit you know one guy in in particular but again I'll, I'll i'll save that for tomorrow as for jd bertrand like watching it live and even seeing the replay initially I, I, it didn't look horrible but then like right. the more that you look at it like i was watching it i watched it about three or four times today 
about an hour before I came on. And it's like, you're just, that was stupid because not only to everything that you talked about, you know, the ball was way over his head and JD Bertrand seemed to be able to see that it was way over yeah. his head. And the yeah. way he went about trying to tackle him, it wasn't like a good form tackle. He literally launched himself upwards, yep. which is part of the targeting rule. You yep. cannot launch yourself upwards. The crown of his helmet, you know, even though he didn't like blow his head up, the right. crown of his helmet it was, it was know, made contact and but, all that yeah. stuff. Yeah, yeah, it was just just not a smart play at all, especially for a guy who's a captain. Mm-hmm. And you know, and, and and overall, I've got a lot of you know overall respect for the guy. But that was probably right. the dumbest thing that we've seen JD Bertrand do. Look, I mean, he's the the, the leading tackler last year on this team. Yeah. And so I, I mean, I was. I was defending him an awful lot going into this season and even after the some of the poor play after the first couple of weeks, but the linebacker play was so poor all around, you yeah. know, in Saturday's game that now, and again, I am not the type of person that's, oh, get the next guy in, you know, they, they got to be better, blah, 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 let's fire everybody. That's not usually my mantra, but at this point, there's a lot of young talent at linebacker, and I cannot imagine that they would be worse at this point. So why not? Yeah. Why not? John A1 says JR is going to get uh, practice reps this week. The middle linebacker may be different going forward based on the play of the three we've seen. And Junior Tulal Yep. I mean, Marcus, yeah, Marcus Freeman said today that 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 Junior, you know, of of the young guys has gotten the most reps so far and he would get sure. more. And that's I I'll be really curious to see if they kind of shake things up a little bit and and do move things. Around, I, I I wonder if all the cross training, you know, maybe ultimately came back to bite him a little bit with well, you yeah, know, moving all these guys around, and it's like now you're moving Kaiser inside and doing all these yep. different things. And Brian and I kind of talked; we touched on that last night. And upon further review, it's like you've got a bunch of guys, and we and we talk about the value of multi positional guys and guys you can move around and all of that. That's true. There's no doubt about that, especially in the recruiting world. But once you're here, unless you're super special, okay, being a jack of all trades means you're a master of none a lot. And I feel like that is very much the case here. And so some of the blame obviously has to go on the players. They're not making the plays. But then some of the blame also has to go to the coaching staff. And the linebacker coach is also the defensive coordinator, who, by the way, has had, I would say, two out of three great game plans up to this point. I, as a defensive coordinator, I think he's doing a great job as a linebackers coach, not so much. And that was the position that I thought was going to be the most solid coming into the season because you had had him who you had golden, who went to the super bowl as a linebacker coach. You had Marcus Freeman, who's now the head coach, but coached linebackers. And you got James Laurinaitis who's coaching linebackers who, you know, obviously really, really good at the position. You would think with those three guys that that position group would be taken care of. That is just not the case. So I think there's a lot of blame to go around at this point, and they're either going to need to coach these guys up and keep them in one position, or it's time to start figuring out who else can play. Right. Fill in the blank, Vince. The college football instant replay system is blank. Just as confusing to me as it always has been. I I have never understood the college replay system. The NFL system makes sense to me, right? It's very cut and dry. You get X amount, you know, if you win it, you get it back. If you lose it, you lose it. You know, it's very, very cut and dry. I honestly don't even understand the rules for instant replay when it comes to college and coaches challenges and all of these different things. Just feels like 
there's always something different and some nuance that I don't understand. And it's just, it's just weird. And clearly Marcus Freeman doesn't understand the replay either because he probably should have thrown a challenge flag at either one of those passes that were really incomplete that should have been reviewed. Now give Kyle a lot of credit for hurrying to the line and getting a playoff, but it was just, those plays were terrible. Like those should have been reviewed you know, Marcus Freeman either needs to call a timeout there, or if he can challenge, I guess you challenge. I don't even know if you can. I don't. I don't know. See, that's the thing. It's like it. The best that I, to the best of my knowledge, there is no actual challenge system because the booth can replay anything that it wants, and then, yeah. like you said, you've got to call a timeout. And I guess if you call the timeout, then you can say, you know, I'd like this looked at during the timeout. And then, you know, you get the t- the timeout back. I don't understand why this has to be so hard. The NFL right. system has, has had their replace challenge system in place for years, yes. and it works really well in the NFL. Why can't college just go to the same thing and give the coach, give the head coach the challenge flag? Marcus Freeman, if he wanted one of those pass plays reviewed, could have just thrown the flag out. And then, obviously, if they overturn, it, uh, overturn the call – he gets to keep the, the the challenge. He can challenge again. Why, why should he have to use a timeout in the first place? Right, because right. in theory, in college football, every single play of a game can be challenged. So, like, why was why was the replay booth so far behind when you could see on TV that there was at least an indication that the ball was loose right. when Sturdivant made those catches? Like, yeah. they should have they should have went to look at that right away if there's any question which there was because you could see the ball moving both times they should have done it but it shouldn't even have to come to that you should it it should why does a coach just not have the 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 flag just like in the nfl and you can challenge you know you get x amount of challenges per game you know and if you you again if you if you win the challenge you get to keep it and then you know if you lose it you don't it's it's just that simple i I don't understand why college has to make it so hard right oh absolutely and you know, they reviewed the quarterback sneak, right, by Plummer, which was obviously, I think his whole body was in the end zone. We take time to review that, but we don't take time to review a long pass play that changes the whole complexion of the game, two of them, frankly, and it, it just doesn't make any sense to me. Why are we wasting well, time on obvious ones and not checking ones that are suspect at best? Right. And then, like Michael is saying, here about the fact that you know that there was the photo of the the field goal and the offsides was called and you know and then after the game you know the the Cal head coach is is basically saying oh we got screwed over on these calls and all that stuff I mean it was just a poorly officiated yes. game and you know that's that's one thing that that I think especially fans from outside don't realize uh, everyone thinks that these are Notre Dame officials you know they're they're all they're they're almost always the officials of whatever the visiting team is, right. you know, they're they, they come in from that conference. Yeah, that's right. They're not quote unquote Notre Dame officials. And like, if you look historically, like you can look back where, where Notre Dame has gotten job plenty of times yep. at home. And it feels like the officials are out to get Notre Dame just as much. And th- again, this is just another example of that. There were poor calls on both sides Absolutely. in that game, you know, so, so blaming the officials for any of this is, is, you know, is just, poor form you know if you're if you're talking about because i saw because i you know beyond just the head coach i saw other people saying oh well 
you know, those those officials clearly wanted Notre Dame to win this game. And that it's like, again, like, did you look at either one of those pass plays that should have been reviewed, but neither one of them? Right. Were? And there were uh, there was one blatant hold uh, at one point around the edge on one of the uh, touchdowns, I want to say. I mean, they're just they're blatant issues that were not called that against Notre Dame, right, that, that would have helped them. And, yes, the most obvious one that you can look back on is the offsides on the field goal. I don't I don't know what they were looking at there. Right. Now, was that the difference in the game? It was definitely uh, a momentum. Unless drive. someone was lined up in the neutral zone because none of the photos, yeah, right on. They're, they're from an off angle. None of them are right down the line. If someone was lined up in the neutral zone, I don't know. But then I also heard, like they said, number 50 and number 50 wasn't on the field. But so, again, yeah, you if you don't have a photo yeah. right down that line Good of scrimmage. Point. Good then. point. That's where the line judge is. I mean, he's right yeah. down. And if the kid's head is even hanging over the football by this much, then you're lined up in the neutral zone and you're right. off sides. And that's why the call wasn't made until after the play was over, because that's how that penalty is called. So, right. Look, there and that's even they, sides. they asked Terry McCauley, you know, the rules analyst after that. And he said, well, I, I don't have a good angle of it right. because of the angle that they were using when that they didn't have a, a camera shot right down the line. Chop one so, up to NBC. Yep. Another, that's right. another great job. That's right. <laughs> Fill in the blank, Vince. It is blank that Frank Reich's Indianapolis Colts have lost to the Jacksonville Jaguars in each of the last five years. I, I saw a stat that I believe the Colts are 0 and 8 in Jacksonville the past eight times that they've traveled down there. Amazing. 0 and 8. Like, is, is Jacksonville really that? I mean, it doesn't seem to be a problem for any other team. I just don't understand why the Colts keep losing to the Jags. I know. And, oh, I mean, they they made Trevor Lawrence look like a Pro Bowl MVP-type player. Now, is he really good? Yeah, he's, he's a good player. But, I mean, he's not as good as the Colts made him look on Sunday. I'll tell you what, that was a hard game to watch. It just was. And I... So I guess I, I got to answer your question specifically. So <laughs> it's ridiculous that Frank Reich's Indianapolis Colts have lost to the Jacksonville Jaguars in each of the last five seasons. It's ridiculous because, again, no other NFL team seems to have a problem going down into Jacksonville right. just whooping on the They've had the number one pick two I mean, different times in that stretch. Right, exactly. And the Colts have been down there with everything on the line last year. You win, you're in the playoff. You lose, you're out. And they got smoke showed last year. Well, it was the quarterback's <laughs> fault. We're going to ship him off to Washington, and we're going to bring in Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan looked pretty pedestrian yesterday as well. So I, I don't know what it is, if they're putting something in the Gatorade down there or what. But <laughs> Colts just look really, really bad down in Jacksonville. And it's like three different coaches. You know, Doug Marone, huh? Doug Peterson this year, and then last year – it wasn't even Urban Meyer that he lost to. It was the freaking interim coach, Daryl Bevel. So, and this is, but it's all, you know, the common denominator is Frank Reich. And, and again, I know it's eight in a row, but I'm just talking about the Frank Reich era. Sure. And, you know, Frank Reich has had every quarterback under the sun. I think it's time maybe to come to the realization because they were lucky to tie Houston in the opener as well. So they have now lost to Jacksonville, should have lost to Houston, and we're fortunate to get overtime in that and, and get out of there with a tie. You know, Frank Reich is the one who advocated for getting Carson Wentz in 
last year. So he's lost to three different coaches with 18 different quarterbacks. And it's, I think Chris Ballard's a pretty good general manager, but I think you've really got to call into question whether or not Frank Reich is a good head coach at this point right now. If you're consistently losing to basically the worst team in the NFL during that stretch. Yeah. Well, and look, I'm not a huge Colts fan. I mean, I'm, I'm an unabashedly, I'm a, I'm a Bears fan. They look like crap last night too. But at the same time, somebody, one of my buddies is a, is a Colts fan. He's like, man, Sean Payton's unemployed right now as a football player. <laughs> they better be on the horn with him yesterday to see if he's got any interest in coming to Indianapolis. Because I do think there's talent in Indianapolis. And, you know, the NFL window of, you know, playoffs and Super Bowl and all of that stuff, it's not super long generally. And I think yeah. the Colts are kind of in that window. And I, the common denominator right, right now is the head coach. And I like Frank Reich. I, I do like him, you know, when I hear him talk and all those different I things. I think he's a good person. Yeah, I, I think he's a good person. But he's not working, man. And I'll tell you what, NFL coaches have been fired for a heck of a lot less at this point. So, yeah, you know, I'd be like, how much is it going to take to get you into Indianapolis, uh, Coach Payton? Yeah. There's a lot of good people who are not good head coaches. And, you know, there's, there's also Urban Meyer, who, <laughs> you know, not point. necessarily the best person, wasn't a good NFL coach, but he's a great college coach. And, of course, he's in demand in uh, Lincoln, Nebraska right now. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Last question for tonight, Vince. There's a reboot of the 90s TV series Quantum Leap that debuts tonight. Now, you and I, both really big fans of the original Quantum Leap. Will you be watching the reboot tonight? I will watch it because I'm such a huge fan of the original. Like, I can't be that guy. Who's like, oh, there's no way they can do anything better. This is the yeah. best series ever. I'm not... But I really like the concept as well as the execution of the original series. And I love Scott Bakula. Like, that's where I kind of, you know, started following his career was because of that show, et cetera. I, 
you know, I don't know what to think about this one. You know, there obviously there's no Al, there's no Scott Bakula. You know, obviously the the players are a little bit different. So I'm curious as to see yeah. how they go about it. So I'll definitely watch tonight, but I don't know if I'm going to be able. I don't know if I'm going to feel the same way. I just don't. I just don't see it coming. But I'll definitely watch because there's a, a lack of good TV out right now. So I, I do yes. want to watch it. I'll set the DVR. I'll give it a yeah. shot. I, I I was reading some stuff. Uh, this is this is a uh, continuation of the oh, original. It's it's geez, literally right. said, I guess, thirty years later. So they 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 are working under the operation that the original Sam, you know, did you know was oh. sort of the you know the the forerunner of the time travel project. But remember, remember, Scott Bakula never got back. You know, at the right. end of of things, he was so still lost, bouncing up? around in time. Yeah, that's right, John. Like, I'm. I, see, that's the other thing. I'm a guy that needs answers. Okay, <laughs> I I need I need answers. Like the end of um, Castaway, for example, where Tom Hanks doesn't know if he's gonna go. He's to at the, the crossroads. Lady. Yeah, he's at yeah. the and they just pan out, and then you see the credits. I was like, no. <laughs> oh, tell me how it is like that. I need, I need answers, man. And so I hope they kind of put a bow on the original series as they launch into the new one. And so I guess there was talk about Bacula, you know, being involved. He didn't want to be involved. I'll be curious, like if this lasts two or three seasons, if maybe like this new guy and Scott Bacula, you know, like bounce into the same episode at some point, I think that would be kind of cool. You know, if something like that, happened but yeah so it's like yeah. a completely new avatar and you know the whole thing one thing i don't know if you saw this preview i did and i'm very curious i know where you're going with this joe montana is that the, is that what yeah. you're talking about, talking he's, about like, he looks into a mirror and he's joe montana in a san francisco 49ers yes. uniform and so that's see, what really piqued my interest yes in this whole thing. and and the like i mean look it was the eighties, right? When, when the show was on in the first place. And so the special right. effects are eighties special effects, right? I mean, <laughs> even up with the mirrors, yeah. all that stuff, you know, they showed a young Joe Montana in the mirror. Like, so obviously the special effects are going to be a thousand times better. So, I mean, that does intrigue me a little bit uh, as well, but if they're going to be going into famous people, I mean, maybe the Cowboys win that game, Sean, <laughs> maybe that's what happens. I don't know. That would be awesome. That would be awesome if D.D. Lewis actually got to Joe Montana or if Everson Walls actually broke up the catch yeah, right. in the end zone before Dwight Clark made the catch. That would be awesome. <laughs> I mean, you got to set right what went wrong, right? That's all I'm saying. So, yeah. So, I don't know. I'll give it a shot. I'll set the DVR. I'll yeah. see what happens. I don't have really, really high expectations for it, but I'll at least give yeah. it a shot. I mean, they're putting up against Monday Night Football, so I wonder yeah. how much faith NBC actually has. Ah, that's that's too. a good point. That's a great so, point. That's going to be rough. My favorite episode from the original Ooh. was when the uh, the JFK assassination oh, with the Lee Harvey Oswald yeah. and all that. Do you remember that? And he kind of starts to think like him and act like him. Yeah. And then you see him about to pull the trigger and then he jumps into the secret service agent. Like that was, yeah, that one was almost creepy to be honest with you. And uh, that was a fun one. I, I personally like when he jumped back into himself as a high school kid, 
uh, on the farm in Indiana and he gets to go oh, back that's right. and the ball and hits the game winning shot. And then all of a sudden he jumps into his brother's buddy and he saves his life in Vietnam. See, now we're going down a hole here, but, um, but yeah, I, I just, I love that show. I, I love that show. And so I don't think there's any way this can hold up, but we'll see. Yeah. I don't either. We'll have to talk uh, about someone, it someone I think got in late and they were asking how many touches Chris Tyree had 22 total touches oh. for 108 total yards that he had. And yes, he had a very, very good game. So, all right, well, Vince, that's going to do it for tonight. Set your DVR, watch Quantum right. Leap. We'll have it. We'll try it. We'll probably have to have a review on Wednesday if we have a chance Absolutely. to watch it by then. Absolutely. If not, we'll do it by next week. But uh, have a great night. Everybody else have a great night as well. And we will be back here, of course, once again tomorrow. Don't forget, hit the like button, rate, review, subscribe, all that good stuff. Vince, there was a lot of speculation on what jersey Vince was wearing. He's got his David Ross World right. Series champion the Chicago patch. Cubs jersey on tonight. Yep. It was Jersey Day at school, so I had to nice. All right. Good stuff. All right, we will talk to you tomorrow. Ivy Nation Sports Talk. All right, well, Vince, that's going to do it for tonight.